Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't, and we are here with an absolutely loaded show. Brandon, how was your day, and how was the rest of your All-Star break? Tell us about it. L.J., uh... Had a good day today, a very busy day. Played a bit of golf in the morning, then hit the racetrack. Uh, yeah, all-star break went well. You know, uh, got to just sit back and rest for a couple of days. Uh, and honestly, just got to enjoy myself. I mean, the all-star break certainly brings a bunch of excitement. There's a bunch of different... Uh, rumors swirling now for the trade market is certainly heating up uh it should be fun these this next like week and a half or so until the trade deadline Uh, this is where teams become you know actual playoff contenders and this is where teams you know sell off for the rest of the year so this is a very important next two weeks for how the season will end up playing out and uh it's interesting to see some a couple of names that i did not think were going to be available uh in the trade market uh seem that teams would be willing to deal them a few guys who we're going to get into but yeah uh 
I'm doing good. LJ, how was your all-star break? Um, pretty good. Uh didn't didn't do a ton. Kind of took took a step back after a wild couple of weeks here at home and just kind of rested, recouped from admittedly an all-star game injury. Managed to hurt myself watching the all-star game. Got up from my bed to go out and see Craig Kimbrell pitch in the back end of that game and ended up pulling a tendon or muscle in my foot and struggled to walk on it for much for long periods of time for a couple days so certainly a plight of all good baseball fans but yeah I certainly the break was well needed but I am very happy to be back here also happy to point out the absolute slander that's going on in this YouTube or not YouTube Twitter poll we have out right now um they're massacring my boy Troy Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, uh, for those of you who didn't see it, uh, LJ put up a poll on the MLB Daily Pod Twitter, and it was which player do you think deserves most to have their number retired? LJ's top three choices, or at least the ones that he put on here: Troy Tulowitzki, Dustin Pedroia and Ryan Howard. Uh, Ryan Howard, of course, for the Phillies. And then he also put in other on there. Was was Ryan Howard really the best, the third best, like, option you could find? No, I was just trying to piss people off and see if I could get people to engage. Someone, well, someone voted for. Dude, more, more, more than someone. Yeah. There's, 20, there's 23 votes, and he got 17% of the vote. I mean, granted, he did win an MVP. But the Phillies are a very storied team. But Troy Tulowitzki, on the other hand, um, I believe if my counting is correct, he got three votes, including my own here. And you, you didn't even vote for your guy, Petey? No, and I, I would love to see him get his number retired. However, I really, I think they're going to stay with their, their their traditional norms, which is, Unless he is a surefire Hall of Famer or already in the Hall of Fame, he's they're not retiring him. So the odds of him getting in are slim. And so I think he's certainly not the most likely, or he's certainly not likely of this group. I think he I, I think he deserves a shot. It was it was a very tough call, close call here. But this is Troy Tulowitzki. I feel like literally everyone forgets about how good he was in that late two thousands early 2010s era like he was kind of one of the faces of the national league and then of course injuries kind of fell off the map but what else has colorado had other than arenado since then yeah i mean like you can certainly throw trevor story in there he's certainly a, a fine player but what we saw out of troy troy tulowitzki i mean from such a young age he was one of the best hitters in the league when he was like 24, 25 years old. And it, it, it's just a shame that injuries and end up costing him his entire career. Really? I mean, he retires at age 34 with the Yankees after, you know, in 2019, I mean, it was, it was hard to see him, uh, you know, sign with the Yankees and then only play a couple of games and just he was just too hurt. You know, he just couldn't continue. I mean, 
but you're absolutely right. Uh, Tulo is a guy who was just completely dominant and not enough people recognize him. And, you know, I ho- certainly hope that he doesn't uh, go down as one of those guys in, in baseball history that kind of gets forgotten, kind of lost in the shuffle there because when you're talking about some of the more influential players of the 2010s, early 2010s, or however you want to group it, he's certainly in there. LJ, another guy who fits well with him, and certainly uh, Foolish Baseball talked about it, is Tim Lincecum. Mm. They they were both pretty dominant at the same time. So, yeah, those two are the ones that uh, shouldn't be forgotten. And, like, just to put it numbers in perspective, let's also not forget, this guy's got 44 and a half war, and he effectively played eight legitimate seasons. Yeah, yeah like, how, eight, how, eight, many, eight, how many full seasons with the Rockies? Uh, with the Rockies, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Only seven. What I'm looking at kind of is, like, if he'd qualify for, like, leaderboards. Mm. So... <laughs> what did I say seven so it's six six okay I mean so yeah if we're going only because usually for that not even like that many years I mean that's like what you need to get your surface time to be a free agent yeah exactly and it's like so most years it's around 500 plate appearances to qualify for those leaderboards and it's over his entire career we've got one two three four five six seven seven so seven seven qualifying years so we can assume that the majority of that the war came on that that's a 6.3 per year pace i mean that's not granted there was war in other seasons however like it was up there for a number of those years from 24 24 through 26 he was doing six and a half a year uh, yeah, you know, that's... Uh, that's MVP caliber stuff. Yeah, for a couple of years straight. Uh, pretty hard to do that. However, LJ... Uh, yeah, we've already we've already managed to get off topic once in our... No, we aren't that... We aren't doing that bad on time right now. But uh, the, uh, the last time we talked, uh, we it was the night of the first round of the draft. And since then, the MLB draft has concluded uh, a much shorter draft than years past because of the stupid choice to wipe out half of minor league baseball. Uh, what was that, in 2019 they, they uh, did that? No, it, Robert, it was, Man- yeah. Robert Manfred Thanos snapped the minor league in 2020. Oh, okay, because, you know, they only took away, like, 30 rounds in the draft, so... That that kind of made me mad when I heard about that. But uh no, yeah, the draft. Uh LJ, I don't even know kind of where to start. Uh um, I guess I think the best place to start would probably be asking you about your thoughts on the Yankees draft. However, first I do have to say, I'm not sure what they thought they were doing in terms of helping competitive balance by limiting the draft and limiting the minor leagues. Because great, the smaller market teams that couldn't afford to pay these guys more in the minor minor leagues, granted, they now don't have to pay as many guys. However, 
those groups are also not going to have the same budget to sign undrafted free agents that the big market teams are. The teams like the Dodgers, the Angels, the Red Sox, the Yankees can spend far more on the undrafted free agents each year than a smaller market team like Oakland or Tampa. And so now you're in a situation where all of this talent that could have gone through the draft is now pooling up in specific teams, farm systems. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not like the biggest MLB draft fan to begin with. I don't know very many of the actual specifics that go into the draft. But uh, in terms of what the Yankees did, uh, they went shortstop first round. Second round, they were able to get a college pitcher, uh, Brendan Beck. LJ, if you want to know a little thing about him, uh, he's, he went to Stanford uh, during the College World Series this year. It was going to be 106 degrees on the day of his game. And he was going to be the starting pitcher. And he insisted that they wear black jerseys because uh, it was going to be, <laughs> quote, Texas Tech's funeral today. Uh, so that's why they wanted to wear black jerseys. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they ended up winning with him on the mound. So I enjoy that kind of intensity, uh, you know, that kind of will to win. I like that. Uh, and he already signed for us. He already got his signing bonus uh, pretty good. Uh, as for other than that, the Yankees just go with a bunch of different pitchers here. I mean, a couple of lefties, a couple of righties. They threw in a catcher, a high school catcher in there. I mean, it's so hard to evaluate this talent. You know, it's – when you're four or 500 picks deep to begin with, it's, it's tough. But, yeah, LJ, uh, in terms of how the Red Sox drafted, uh, what were you thinking? Um, I honestly liked it a lot more than years past. Again, you're really starting to see – it feels like we're getting by-high guys on, like, granted, they may not have the most well-rounded game, but you don't need it at this time. Uh, Marcelo Meyer, great pick, but in my opinion, the more exciting pick was our second rounder, uh, Jude Fabian, the outfielder from Florida. Absolute steal. This is a guy who had top five potential going into the last year. Granted, he didn't clean up everything that he needed to in terms of the areas of concern in his game. However, that's this is still a 20-year-old outfielder with potential enough to get go in the top fives going into the last year that we managed to get at pick 40. So I see it as an absolute win. Yeah. Uh... And then the other guy that seems to be getting a lot of traction recently has actually been uh, news about our 11th round pick. Uh, I believe it's Nico Cavitas from, or Cavatis, the first baseman from Notre Dame, he he's a lefty bat who from everything I've heard is top, top, top of the line, power exit velocity type of guy. So with those guys, you never know if we see him, if we see, if we see him, it could be a very fun time. So 
he could be somebody to watch out for as well. However, either way, we got the number one and number 23 MLB pipeline guys coming into the draft this year. So I see that as a win. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to just look kind of team by team to see how, you know, what sort of position groups teams drafted. LJ, the yeah, that's Angeles, the other thing. Mm, uh, go ahead. Well, oh, I was going to say, I was gonna that's say, the other thing. The Yankees, not the Yankees, the Red Sox, if, if we wish, have avoided outfielders like the plague in the early rounds of the draft over the past couple of years. So it was exciting to see at least somebody of high potential get into the system if we're talking about draft trends. But yeah, the Angels, the Angels might have been a little overkill. Yeah, I don't know if a little overkill is the right word here, but I think it was a lot overkill. Uh, I, I just want to know what's going on in their scouting department there. Uh, they pick. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Out of the 20 picks they had in the draft, they drafted... uh, 20 pitchers and no position players not a a not a single position player now obviously they're going to sign a bunch of guys to undrafted free agent as as undrafted free agents which you know that's fine of course but they've already been one of the more active teams in that market they they have but my my question to you is this is a team that we constantly make fun of for not having good good pitching. Okay, they draft three of the top 100 players in the draft. Okay, three three pitchers. I mean, can we complain that, like, they're not trying to get pitching anymore? Like, yeah, I, I still think we can because they're still not willing to spend any money on it. Like they they could have they could have easily been the ones without an ace right now as he's on the uh, commissioner's exempt list, but they chose not to. However, overall, this is just a kind of 
wacky idea. I mean, again, if you have a clear need, the logical thing in most drafts would be go all for it. Go out and get it. However, here's the thing you have to actually consider. The bulk of your four, four war a year players come in the first two rounds of the MLB draft. You have to hit on those guys is the key, a large key to success for just about every team. So past then, you're not looking at superstars. The majority of the non-superstars aren't coming up in the first three years, two years of their time in the minor leagues. If you're drafting the entire draft based on need right now, that's not going to cut it because they're going to end up getting up into the upper minors and sitting there with nowhere to go in three, four years because it's taken so long for them to be ready to be on the major league level that you've already filled those needs with major league players, with veterans. You've already kind of had your hand forced, like you couldn't suck anymore. So you kind of had to just go out and get more pitching. And now there's really nowhere for these guys to go. What a lot of people don't think about when they think about this, because there's such a time gap between when you get drafted and when you start playing major league ball is that once you're out of those first two to three rounds, you really have to start uh, zagging while everybody zigs. I mean, like you have to go, you have to go for areas necessarily that you don't need right now and let them develop over time. Because again, if they're hoping that if they're looking at this and hoping that half half of these guys or maybe even a quarter of these guys end up on their major league roster in a few years, that's not a realistic option for, and it's certainly not a realistic solution when you have two of the best three players, the two best position players in the league right now on your team. Yeah. And, you know, for as much as, like I said, you know, we we complain about them not not getting any pitching. Now they get pitching, but it's like, all right, you got a bunch of college pitchers. So could some of these guys be be ready in two years? Like absolutely. I think you don't have two years. Right. Like that's that's the upside with drafting a college pitcher, is that you really only need a couple of years in the minors and they're fine. I mean, the Yankees uh, second round pick, like I was talking about, Brandon Beck, our scouting director said that he's maybe a year tops away from the major. And then, like, like they don't see him improving much more from what he's at. Like, they think he's as close to a major league level as you can get. And I feel like a lot of those guys you can uh, kind of snag later on in the draft, whether it's the second or the third round, when they should be first round talent, because you know you see so many teams trying to go for the really high upside picks uh, early in the first round, especially if they if they're uh, willing to spend over the slot value of the of the pick. Uh, you see a lot of teams go for that really highly coveted, high potential guy. And it's just, you know, it's just how the draft works. Uh, it's interesting. I think the Pittsburgh Pirates, they also, uh, not the Pirates. Oh, okay. It was the Pirates, like 2012 draft class. They were the also the only other team ever to uh, just pick pitchers in their uh, selection. But, yeah.
uh, is that good enough draft recap, I guess? Just yeah, I think so. Those basically covered all of my major thoughts. And if you guys want to hear our thoughts on, you know, the big, big time players in this draft, go back and listen to our last episode. We did extensive coverage on uh, our teams' picks and just the draft in general, which was a very fun night indeed. But uh, yeah, LJ, we have a couple of other things to talk about here. Uh, on to probably what, what is your favorite event of the year, the Home Run Derby. It was in Colorado. We had the juice balls from 2019. Uh, they turned off the hum the humidor. The air was thin, and guys were hitting 500 foot home runs. And ESPN wasn't showing the uh, balls land, so we had no idea where they were going. But other than the production by ESPN, which I'm sure we're going to get into, because I have quite a few words to say on it. Uh, other than that, it it's still one of the most entertaining events of the entire sports year, and no one can prove me wrong. I mean, I would rather watch the Home Run Derby than watch, like, the three-point contest or the dunk contest in the NBA a million times mm -hmm. out of a million because – it just seems like the guys in the MLB home run derby care more, and they're and they're uh, the other MLB players also care. And I'm not saying that in the dunk contest you don't see the star NBA players going crazy, but my point is that in the NBA dunk contest, you don't see the top players participate anymore, and. Of course, the big story of the home run derby heading into it is Shohei Otani. I mean, this guy, one of the more coveted players in the history of the MLB, and this guy is competing in the home run derby with the rest of these guys. So that's what makes the event so great is that the top guys are willing to participate. But uh, and yeah, again, I'll I don't want to. I don't want to sound spoiled here. However, if we could talk people off of this ridiculous old wives tale that it screws up your swing we could have an even better product it's like the old man screams at, at cloud thing it's it's like the people don't don't act like the players aren't aren't like trying to, to do that exact thing during batting practice well no i mean for, there's two things that actually changed my mind on this because i kind of just stuck with it didn't really think about it too much just let that be the end all be all for a while however two things came to me first off i believe it, yeah kyle schwartber was the one quoted in an interview somewhere saying that it had no absolutely no issue on his swing his approach at the plate going back into major league games at all the only difference that it made was that he was sore for about a week and a half like really sore for at least a week so i mean that yes however the other thing is just the logic of it you have two and a half months after the All-Star game. Are you really telling me that swinging a bat in a different way than you normally do for two and a half hours is going to screw up two and a half months of hitting? It's entirely mental. And if they could just get past a couple of guys that had bad second halves, and quit letting them get in their head, then we could have an even better product. Frankly, again, 
this is might be a bit of a reach. However, you say you'd rather see the home run derby than the dunk contest than the three point contest than any of that. I'd rather see a two day home run derby than I would see an all star game. Ooh. So, so just like a bigger bracket, just like triple the bracket size, and then give the give them a second a day off, or do like a group stage and then give them a day off and then and do single elimination after that. That would be cool. I feel like that there's that there's like a better way though to get that all in one day, but still have everyone compete. Like if you like put everyone up there on the clock for like, I don't know, if you have thirty guys. 32 guys you put everyone up there for like a minute just like a real quick quick lightning round or you do like kind of the way that they did the swing off with Soto and Otani actually let's 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 get into the actual home run derby so was our first matchup of the night that it wasn't Otani versus Soto that was the last one of the round I think the first story of the night was the story yeah trevor's story versus it was joey gallo i believe in the first round uh because yeah no 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 no. it was story gallo was the matchup so it wasn't it was olsen mancini got it yep that's right uh yeah trey mancini in here uh love to see that and how about all of the well, I guess we'll just spoil this part now. Yeah, there's there's no real spoiling. P. Alonzo won the home run derby. There, we're going. Okay. P. Alonzo wins the home run derby. But more importantly, all of the higher seeds win the rounds. Win the first round. You mean Matt, lower seeds? Lower seeds. Excuse me. Higher number, lower seed. Yeah. Uh, they all win in the first round, which LJ, I don't think has ever happened in this format. No, but again, part of this is because it was possibly the dumbest seeding I've ever seen. It, like, it, it was just based on how many home runs they'd hit this, this season. Was it even? I'm pretty sure, right? Like, that would make sense why, why Otani was first and Soto was last. Yeah, but no, it couldn't be. If There's... it wasn't, like, if, if you're telling me that it wasn't set up that way, and that like they could actually like adjust it if they wanted to then then that is one of the worst Joey Gallo's got 24 that's one of the worst brackets that they could have came up with what, what seed was Joey Gallo two oh, sure. okay maybe they did do it that way either way it was the dumbest way why why would that be the way you do it I would yeah. rather pick them out of a hat than do it that way I would rather have a group of people actually hand match them because it would make a better contest. Wait, LJ, you're telling me putting two of the three best hitters in the competition against each other in the first round is a bad idea? I think anyone put anyone saying that, I mean, granted, he is the best power hitting catcher in the possibly the worst season for catchers hitting we've seen. I'm saying that. Salvador Perez, regardless of home runs hit, is not the third best power hitter, not the third best home run hitter in this derby. That's what I'm saying right now. Ooh. See, because I was, like, going to hop all over the Salvi train, 
but the disrespect ESPN did to him during his first round is unbelievably terrible. I mean, you know, I don't remember what they did, but well, instead, so I remember, I remember, I remember now that you say it, I just kind of have that same feeling coming back in my head. Well, okay. So essentially what happened was, so he's, he's facing polar bear Pete in the first round. Pete. Oh, that's right. Pete rips off a 35 bomb. Okay. And and they just interview Pete Alonso the entire time. They don't mention a single thing. Salvador Perez would have beat every single other guy in the first round. He hit 28. He would have beat every single other player, I'm pretty sure. And he doesn't get a mention from ESPN, first of all, because he's the guy with the least name brand in the competition, probably, other than Matt Olson. The guy who... In terms of the story that you can build with Salvador Perez, it's one of the worst out of the eight because there's not really a storyline for Matt Olson. There's not really a storyline for Salvi. Of course, Trey Mancini, uh, him coming back from cancer this year and just not in general, but I mean, he's been a, he's been a good player this year. Anyways, makes sense why he is in the home run derby. Pete Alonso, of course, the returning champ, Shohei Otani, you know, enough said. Juan Soto, enough said. So I understand. Like Joey, Ga- Joey Gallo, captain, three true outcomes. Right. And that guy, like, you would think he's just built for the home run derby. So it makes sense. But Well, first off, I'm not sure. I, I completely forgot about this. So I actually spent some time filling out. We did our order to pick our pick in our fantasy football league that Brandon and I are in based on a a bracket competition for the home run derby and I went through and picked I mean the first round I kind of did by feel the second round I started to do by feel but I got Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year I was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life changing amounts of cash be like Mary log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl that's ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. I got to having a lot of trouble picking between Matt Olson and Joey Gallo in the second round of the Derby. Both of those picks would have been terrible, no matter which way I went, because neither of them made it out of the first round. However, 
I started to really look into things and I was like looking at, okay, ex average exit velocity, average exit velocity of home runs. I was crossing the two. I was doing all of that. Never in all that time did I think to check the dimensions of course. Not only is it farther to right field, but the wall is higher in right field than it is in left. It was already a significant handicap for every lefty in there to be having to hit to right field. And I just completely forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, it was certainly a handicap. And I think that a couple of times balls that should have gotten out, uh, they just weren't. And it, it was also on the flip side, there was balls that were crushed. And I mean, they changed up the uh, the bonus system because if they would have kept it at 440 feet, it, I mean, it would have automatically been a lock every time. It still was a lock every time. And it was over 475 feet. And that was yeah, still it a was lock. amazing. We actually had the longest home run hit in the Derby record broken twice. And neither was was shown on camera during the live broadcast. Um, well, no, I, I I I should rephrase. The the player swinging and hitting the ball was shown, but as for where the ball landed, we're still not sure. They they kept cutting away right before the ball would land, and then when they would land, they wouldn't show how far it went, like they have in years past. So we were stuck either trying to look at the scoreboard as it's like as the camera's panning by it as it's trying to track a ball to see what the longest home run is because well that's that's mostly the mlb's fault as much as espn granted i know they could have found a way however if if the mlb had kept the rule where you had to wait until the ball landed it would have been much easier for that but some guys were waiting until the ball landed and then others weren't like, it's like, it's like that rule was like not in, not in place because there was, because I felt like pitchers should have been moving a lot quicker if that rule was actually the case. Well, and guys also, guys also couldn't move like too fast. Like you can't swing the swing a bat and hit a home run every two seconds. You mean you can't just stand up there like a robot and just swing your arms back and forth. Just, just crushing balls out of the park. <laughs> all right. I do. I think I'm just going to wrap up all of my main thoughts on this derby into one little path. And that is the path of absolute dominance by my man, Pete Alonzo, who has become one of my new heroes now for back-to-back derbies in such an impressive fashion. First, as we said, breaks the open ra- opening round derby record with 35 homers. Then gets interviewed and does an entire interview while his opponent is going. He then goes down into the tunnel, takes a nap, and then has his next round opponent, Juan Soto, come down to him and start kind of, you know, talking in his ear, trying to get in his head, and then just completely blows by Soto. I mean, granted, Soto had just gone through a double overtime win over Otani. He was rightfully tired. However, he if, if Pete had went full force, Pete Alonso knew darn well that he did not need three minutes to be able to hit however many homers Soto had. 
you could tell he was not going as quick as he could have. He probably could have gotten him in a minute and a half if he tried. So I mean, that was just amazing. And then you go on to the next round where you have two things to get in his head. First off, the very clear headline to the whole thing, Pete Alonzo defeats cancer patient. Like you might, there's, there's a slight prejudice in your head that kind of wants to avoid that kind of headline being attached to your name. The second thing is the delay that they had to have. He gets all mentally ready, all ready to go, and they have to stop him. Why? Because somehow, some way, Trey Mancini hit some kid. And we never got to see any of it other than the kid being dragged off the field by two people. I hope he's okay. However, this is also something that we had, had not seen, but probably should have seen in years before this. I mean, how, how many times on this show alone have we either threatened that we wanted more kids or wondered how these kids have not gotten killed yet by some of these baseballs? Well, and right. now we finally see a kid being like dragged off <laughs> under the arms off the field. I have no clue what even the injury was. He may have just broken his ankle running, but I mean, it certainly wasn't good. Hearts no, out, it, prayers out to the kid, but I mean, the fact that we haven't seen this are sooner is. Let me just say some of those kids out there. Uh, there also were less kids this year, right? I, which I don't understand because Coors has like the the largest field in 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 the majors. I mean their their field size is way bigger than anywhere else, so it, may, it would make sense to have more kids. Oh, you see, the thing is, what you didn't understand is Rob Manford went by hand and individually spaced out so that there was just enough room for each kid to stand six feet away from every other kid on on the field. That's yeah. how they came up to that number. <laughs> We're going to talk about this next, but the MLB, they uh, they have tighter uh, COVID protocols than the uh, CDC right now. So uh, certainly that's mess too. another topic. But home run derby, like LJ said, look, P. Alonzo wins it. He wins the million dollars once again. Um, he's now earned $2 million from – the home run derby, the Mets have paid him, I believe, $1.5 million in total over three years now. Uh, and so he's earned more from home run derby winnings than he has salary. Meanwhile, his teammate Francisco Lindor makes 60 times the amount of money that uh, Pete Alonso makes. Uh, Do a whole lot of nothing. Six times literally by a factor of 60. Crazy, uh, just crazy. But LJ, I think the real MVP, and me and you talk about this a lot, Dave Joust. Tell me you saw the picture of his, of like the 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 map of all the pitches that he threw. Oh my gosh, yes, they were spot on. Except for the one where he hit him, because there was one that he did lose control of and it plunked Alonzo. Those pitches were literally right down the middle every single time. I mean, this guy was like a robot throwing. I mean, he he did not miss his spot at all. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, hitting hitting the guy wasn't even the worst pitch in the night. I mean, that easily goes to Kevin Long. 
Yo, Kevin Long. Kevin oh. Long sucked at being the home run derby pitcher, and he was more concerned about watching where the balls were going instead of trying to keep himself in a rhythm to pitch. He was Brandon. more concerned about trying to hype up Juan Soto, and he he missed yeah, he missed he missed about I have to say at least twenty feet behind Juan Soto on that one pitch. Like he threw it halfway up to the first baseline. And why would Juan Soto choose to go left on left for uh, the we, we, dis- we discussed this last week. He has better splits against lefties. Also, it's his everyday VP guy. Makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Kevin Long, though, me and you talk about how important it is in the home run derby to have a good a good pitcher. Well, that's what that that's what Mr. Alonzo didn't have last time. That's why he right. didn't hit 35 last time. Right. Exactly. And now Pete Alonzo gets a good pitcher and he just puts on an all-time performance. Juan Soto, you know, you could argue that well, no, you could certainly say that uh Kevin Long didn't help Juan Soto, but he certainly didn't hurt him a lot, but I don't think he helped him very much. Um, yeah. So where are we? All-star game now? Oh uh, yeah, we're at the all-star game. All right. Well, this will start our re actually no, we're gonna do I'll do the all-star game recap, then we want to touch on a couple more things. Uh let's do it. All right. Um first off, I have to also say this is the first all-star game I watched ever. Ever. I don't remember it. I very sparingly remember it. I remember Kimbrell's inning. I remember Barnes's inning. I remember Vladdy's home run, which you're going to get into in a minute. And the Freddie Freeman mic'd up. That's it. Well, I'm not sure how. <laughs> I, I remember some of this game. Uh, however, most all-star games I do end up watching in full, but don't remember much from them. Uh, not nearly as focused as like a regular season Yankee game or anything like that. But yeah, for the for the majority of my young adult life, I just it wasn't on my radar. And then just about as I started to get into baseball, I started covering baseball, and usually always managed to be to end up at the uh, Valley Cats game the night of the All Star game. So mm. I just never. Broke well. Tuesday night, let's celebrate the game's greatest stars, the American League versus the National League. After both pitchers pitch a clean first inning, those being Shohei Otani and Max Scherzer, the National League calls on Corbin Burns for the top of the second. He allows an Aaron Judge walk, a Rafi Devers double, and then Marcus Simeon with an infield single that scores a run in its one nothing American League. In the third, his teammate Vladdy Jr. steps up and uncorks a piss missile to left center field. Woo! I believe the official distance on that was 458 feet, 468 feet. It was just an absolute tank. Uh and that makes it two to nothing American League. 
we jump to the top of the fifth where the American League strikes again. And who else but Vladdy Jr.? Well, it's a ground out that scores a run. He drives in uh, his teammate, Teoscar Hernandez, who ripped a double to lead off the inning. Uh, this was off of Trevor Rogers, who came in to pitch uh, for the National League. And so it's 3-0 after the Vladdy ground out. Xander Bogarts with an RBI single brings home Cedric Mullins, who reached on a fielding error. And it is nothing American League. In the bottom of the fifth, JT Real Muto goes yard. And that puts the National League on the board. It was off of Gregory Soto for the American League. And it's 4-1. to one. Mike Zanino uncorks a homer of his own in the sixth to make it 5-1 American League. The NL gets another run on a pass ball, but the American League wins it for, I believe, their eighth year in a row, 5-2. You can give the win to Shohei Otani, who started the game, pitched a clean inning. The loss goes to Corbin Burns, who pitched innings two and three, two innings, two earned runs. And the save to Liam Hendricks, who got it out of the American League bullpen pitching that last inning. I really thought Kevin Cash was going to bring in Aroldis Chapman for the save. It just would have been hilarious. Would you bring Aroldis Chapman in for the save? It just would have been hilarious. I mean, it it would have been (laughs) must-watch TV. Because he, he would have, have taken had to twice face tonight, and it was a, the lowest leverage part, position possible. Yeah, it was. Let me just say, had Kevin Cash brought Araldis Chapman into that All Star game, uh, I think the National League would still be hitting right now. Um, I'm pretty confident, especially with that, with the guys that they had in the game at that point. It, it it didn't make me a bit nervous, but LJ, uh, this was this is this is forever going to be known as the Shohei Otani game. Of course, pitches hits lead off. Uh, yeah. What's our thoughts on Otani? Just the game in general. Otani's amazing. I think that this game exemplified the fact that we officially have two brand new faces for each league or one a new face for each league. Tatis has taken control of the National League spotlight and Otani has done the same thing for the American League. And I think unless barring injury, I mean granted this is the first time that Shohei Otani has been healthy an entire season or an entire half season. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. 
Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. So barring injury, I think that's going to be the exact case for many years to come. The other thing I have to say here, and it's something we should explore another day, is some of the statistics between the National League and the American League have been kind of jarring. Like American League just freaking dominates this game. The Ameri- I mean, not only the, the, the American League doesn't just dominate this game. Like they had like a one seven three batting average over the last twelve years. The National League did. Like, did you say one seventy three or one eighty three against relievers or something like that? I don't remember. It was like it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous batting average that they showed on ESPN that night, and. I, I was shocked, but I think the question could be brought up. We should certainly look into it further. Are we overrating the offensive talent of the National League? I mean, granted, the pitching is great. However, could we possibly be overrating the National League offensively as a whole? No. Uh, it's just it, – look, it just comes down to luck at the end of the day. I mean, these these guys are still the best hitters in the league on each side. Uh you know, we, I, I wouldn't say that it's anything that it's, it's a big deal. They're constantly switching pitchers. Uh, and LJ, you have to remember that they're not just bringing in any old re- relief pitcher. You know, they're bringing in Liam Hendricks. They're bringing in Matt Barnes. They're bringing in Andrew Kittridge. All right, that's a terrible example, but you get what I mean. You know, <laughs> the National League. You know, or well, no, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, we, we have pretty clearly identified that the pitching talent, like, the pitching numbers are tremendous in the National League. If you made one Cy Young award for all leagues, you probably would only have two, maybe three guys in the top 10 from the American League. The rest would all be National Leaguers right now. So, we, we've said that this National League pitching talent is great. So why aren't we seeing comparable numbers from the National League, from the American League batting-wise that we've been seeing from the National League in these games? That, that, that's just something, again, food for thought. But that's about all I had to say on this game. Uh, the one thing I want to bring up, because LJ, I'm sure that you, this, oh, this might Liam spark Hendricks. your, Liam Hendricks, Mike Duff. Uh, that was an adventure, and I was, very happy to be watching the game at that point. Uh, can we please get more of like the uh, guys mic'd up, but just like kind kind of let them say whatever. Like, I get that sometimes it's not clean, but like I would pay a ridiculous amount of money to be able to hear like what the guys are saying all the time, like uncensored, all that stuff, because. It was cool to be able to hear what they were what they were talking about in that last mound visit. It was cool to hear uh, Liam Hendricks swearing pretty much after every single pitch. 
whether it was a strike or, or a ball. I mean, I just found it hilarious that he like, genuinely thought his mic- microphone was broken. Yeah, which is hilarious because I believe he could hear the announcers, right? But they couldn't hear him or he thought he could hear them. So he thought they couldn't hear him, (laughs) which is pretty funny. But being able to hear what him and Mike Zunino were talking about on that mound visit, uh, just for those quick few seconds was was interesting. I like the mic'd up. Who else was they? Xander Bogart's mic'd up during the middle of the first inning. And then they had Tatis. They had Tatis mic'd up during Vladdy's home run. That's right. That's and right. So you got to see them palling around as they go around the bases. And then, oh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, of course. He's he's a great. About his teeth. Yep. Yep. That was it, right? Um, That's all I could remember. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see a couple of those guys who ended up getting in last minute, like Omar Narvaez, get into the game. Joey Wendell got into the game. Uh, Jared Walsh got in the game. Love to see that. Yeah, overall, solid all-star game. And Didn't Jared Walsh have an outfield assist or something like that? Um, or no, he had, the, he, had a, he had a big catch. Yes, that's right. Because I was gonna say some someone made a play in the outfield, but it was Adelise Garcia had like an error. Uh, he didn't feel the ball cleanly. Oh, but what I was gonna say about uh, Xander Bogarts being mic'd up, Joe Buck was like trying to talk to him during the middle of his at bat. Yeah, like what is what is wrong with this guy? I mean, he's trying to he's trying to hit Corbin Burns here. And he's got Joe Buck in his ear talking about whatever. Uh, dude, I would have been like, shut up. Let me hit. <laughs> Chill out. Let me get on base, and then I'll talk to you. I can't talk in the middle of the pitch. Especially seeing he's going to be wearing the mic the entire night. You could right. have waited and tried to get him on base. And if you didn't get on base, interview him from the dugout or interview him at shortstop in his last inning out there. Interview him during, like, the – in between inning warm-ups, if you, like, really want to talk to him for a while, like, start it then. I don't know. Awesome all-star game, though. It's always it's always a fun watch. Uh, can't complain about the entire weekend, but there was one story that comes up from this all-star week that is just pretty ridiculous, and we're not going to spend too much time on it. We're going to spend but- at least a minute 15 because that's what I have prepared. All right, yeah, I'm I'm fine for for that. I just have you're you're probably gonna say this a lot better than I could. So, yeah, take um, it away. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about this whole thing that went down with Stephen A. regarding Shohei Otani. To give people a brief recap of what happened, he basically made a comment on first take. I believe it was Monday. Monday. Yeah, it was Monday yeah. That he made the comment that. Shohei Otani cannot be the face of the MLB because people will not respond to be able to respond and connect with him because he does not speak English, which of course got the ire of many people, got him to make a public apology and then only for him to basically repeat the same thing and try to make the same point later in that same episode. Um, In my opinion, there are only two reasons that this could have come out of Stephen A's mouth. 
One, of course, would be sadly if he had some sort of bias against Asian people. I, I certainly don't think that. The other more likely and hopefully true situation is that Stephen A. Smith has genuinely no clue what he's talking about anymore. We can all agree that the product that Stephen A. has produced at ESPN over the past few years has dramatically declined from where it once was. I mean, I, I'm with, with the way that First Take has ascended into madness, particularly Brandon, you've noticed it since November, um, the way it's ascended into madness, I, I, I am sure that he just does not, he doesn't watch, he doesn't look, he doesn't consume any of this baseball content, and that's how he gets to this spot. Anyone who watches baseball can easily refute his comment. In all the times we've gotten an interview from or close-up reaction with Shohei Otani, I can't remember a time where I haven't laughed or smiled. Regardless of that, the American people have spoken and overwhelmingly accepted Shohei as the face of baseball. We're getting into territory where non-baseball watchers are able to name him, and the legend is only going to continue to grow as he does something that Babe Ruth has done and just about no one else since, not to this level. An argument can be made that Shohei is doing it at a level above him. I mean, the, the power numbers are ridiculous. They were saying on the Red Sox-Yankees game today that only two players had 50-plus homers with the Yankees and the Red Sox. And it was Wade Boggs and it was Johnny Damon. Um, Babe Ruth had like 39 or 41 or something over a number of years. Now, that would be unheard of these days to only have 50 homers with the amount of time that Babe Ruth spent in Boston. Shohei Otani has 33 before the break. I mean, the numbers are... The numbers are great. He's been great for the game, and he has had the impact that, despite the language barrier, I don't think is going to change. I mean, if he's able to make the impact that he has already and break into the outside market, why is that going to change a year or two down the line if he's already growing that outside fan base that people are already talking about him outside of it? The other thing is, I don't understand why Stephen A is getting such a free pass on this. With all of these stop Asian hate campaigns that have been rampant lately, it is really surprising to me. Granted, he got a ton of pushback on the first day and he did apologize. But when you consider the way he stood firm on his previous statement later in the episode, I hardly consider it a fully legitimate apology. It's like it wasn't, it didn't feel, it, it certainly didn't feel like remorse. It didn't feel like he'd learned anything. It was just an apology to get the mob off of his back. And I'm not calling for his job or anything. Revenge tactic like that is not the way to solve things. What I'm saying is this. When Bill Plaschke wrote that column about Gabby Douglas five years ago during the Olympics in her patriotism, he received far more pushback and had his reputation hit far more than it appears Stephen A has. In, in that, at that time, it was a very different time in the country, of course. And I mean, you can compare the statements. However, I, I, I think you can argue that Stephen A hit a far more sensitive nerve than Plaschke did. We need to ask ourselves why that is. Look, Stephen A, uh, I have never had a problem with Stephen A. I think he says some stupid stuff sometimes. I think he says some interesting stuff sometimes. I mean... He, you know, works for ESPN, who very much uh, dictates what content their shows covers. So 
they don't have very many options. Clearly, he has no interest in the game of baseball, which is fine. I mean, ESPN doesn't have a lot of interest in the M. I mean, they're starting to get a little more interested now that the NBA is wrapping up. But ESPN has never been a baseball first, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it, just they never really put a baseball as their top priority. And that's fine. I mean, no one's asking them to do that. But you got Stephen A coming out here and making fun, not making fun of, but just saying that Otani can't be the face of the league because he has a translator. Maybe if he understood more what the translator was exactly for, it would it would help him out. So your translator is, look, these guys, Otani can speak English, right? Because there, it came out, there was a speech in 2019 that he gave where it was fully in English, right? He was reading off of a paper. He can read a script in English. What he can't do though, is when asked tough questions by reporters, have to answer them in his second language and potentially slip up the translator is almost like your pr guy because when you're answering they can change your answer to help you out so much i mean if you accidentally slip up in your in your native language or you just um you know those guys are there to make sure that you don't say the wrong thing it, it's tough on these guys. It's it's their second language. I mean, it's it's you know, you can hear me right now. I'm freaking stumbling over my words. I mean, and this is my main language. I can't imagine I'm to try to do this in not English. And for him to just single out Shohei Otani's a joke when you know you can look at the top 10 players in the league and how many are American. I mean, it's Certainly not as many as it was five years ago, right? I mean, you think about the top guys in the league right now who are taking over. Shohei Otani, not American. Tatis, not American. Vladdy Jr., not American. Acuna, Soto. Uh, you know, it, I could go on and on with all these great internet, all this great international talent the MLB has right now. So to just act like that it's just Otani with a translator is it, it just shows that he has no interest in the game of baseball. And like I said, that's fine. I mean, but just like, is it though? but no, it's, it's fine to have no interest, but don't act like that, that, that you do have an interest in it. Just, you know, don't act like, cause they're, I, I just don't know why they, why they have to fake it. Just like come out and be, be 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 real. No, they can't do that. No, they can't. And well, the thing is, like, I don't understand how you can be a self-respecting man who says who, who thinks that he is the best of the best in this industry while running a entire a general sports opinion show that granted spends way too much on football because that's all ESPN really cares about. However, you're in a general show. You're a general opinion show. If you want to be able to act like you're the best and you want to be able to spend time on these opinions, then you need to actually be versed enough 
to back it up, to walk the walk. I mean, again, I say this, Brandon, you hit, hit it very well there. It's it's a pretty much a pretty easily impossible to... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com sign up to learn more spend three time three years in this country and have no clue how to speak English. Like you pick up enough along the way, just being in a clubhouse. However, I would rather have the quality answer from the guy, his honest opinion, everything he can express than I would the answer in English. Like you, you, you say mistranslations, what you meant by clean, clean stuff up, not saying if he said the wrong thing, like, you, you weren't meaning like if he said something that the the translator didn't think he was supposed to say like the translator isn't there to like completely modify his oh intent. no no it, it, the translator is there to correct the words if there are missed translations between his and him hearing the question and him speaking the question or anywhere in between it's the translator who is helping correct that helping repair those and so if you have a translator there you can convey much better message than if he's not there like as a person speaking the second language unless you're here for many many years you cannot convey as quality a message to a reporter as you can if it's your first language and that's why they're there a lot of the time is so we can get a better quality answer out of him than just a very generic blank one. If anything, it helps him. It helps his character. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was great. Oh, I forgot to mention Vladdy Jr. won All-Star Game MVP. And when he got interviewed on the field, uh, he had his translator with him. And I hope Stephen A. was watching and saw that. I mean, right? If he that that if that isn't like one of the biggest FUs ever, it's probably that him having his translator there on the field after Stephen A. probably you know ripped essentially in all international talent in the MLB. Because let's be real, LJ, whether it's something he has against Asian people, which I don't think it is, or whether it's you know just whatever his gripe is, he's not just offending Shohei Otani. He's offending every international player that has a translator. Absolutely. It's a lot more than he realizes. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm so sick of us 
even if it's it's not necessarily publicly defending. However, with with silence and by just letting it go as quickly as we did, defending a washed Stephen A. Well, when when you're a company like ESPN that has been on the downfall for the past seven years, eh, you're going to cling on to whatever you can to try to get you some sort of ratings. And apparently that's where they went here. Uh, all right, LJ, the next thing, uh, Jock Peterson traded to the Atlanta Braves from the Chicago Cubs. Peterson was signed a, I believe, a one-year deal this offseason with the Cubs. LJ, the first of assuming many trades that Chicago's going to make? Right? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, I mean, with that, it opens the doors to a lot of things, in my opinion. First off, from everything I have gathered on Bryce Ball, this is an interesting prospect because he is very clearly the modern day first baseman, low average, high on base, high exit velo. I believe I saw it's a career three, seven, seven granted. That's only, uh, he's only an a ball right now. However, that's a very solid on base percentage at any level to have a three, seven, seven on base. Uh, and of course, high exit velocity. That's a very intriguing prospect very hard prospect to want to get rid of necessarily. And so that gives a lot of different answers. For starters, do you think you give up first base prospects willy-nilly if you don't think you have a shot of bringing back Freddie Freeman if you're the Braves? I don't think you do. So that is a huge plus towards him, him coming back to Atlanta this year, which I think we all pretty much assume assumed was happening anyways i don't think there's a doubt that he doesn't resign he could resign probably prior to the season ending honestly if there if there was any doubt i think it left with that trip and then you go over to the to the chicago side not only did they just sell their first piece which means there's a lot more to come however they brought in another first baseman which very clearly could point to them saying goodbye to Anthony Rizzo before the deadline this July. That would be really smart. I mean, so, I mean, we're now, honestly, to be honest, Jock Peterson wasn't even on my radar for them trading. I kind of forgot he was there. So now we're looking at Peterson, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and Kimbrell all potentially moving. So, I mean, the race is on. I think there's three there that you have, you really have to trade three of those remaining four. But it'll remain both, to be seen. Can can we both agree that Craig Kimbrell is like, gone? Absolutely needs to be traded, though. Like, there's no reason why he's not getting dealt. Uh, yeah, it would be nonsense to not trade him. Because I mean, I want to see what this what this vesting option is in his contract because he has a vesting option for 2022. Okay, if he finishes 55 games that's a weird vesting option games finished he needs to finish 55 that's oh, yeah because because if he if he didn't end up being the closer at the end of the year then he wouldn't get the option fair like, uh, he's finished 29 games so he's on pace i guess to get it 
Uh, Either know. way, I mean. All right, but now, but now, if he gets traded, LJ, and okay, question there. He gets traded to a team, right? Mm-hmm. And he's at like let's say thirty-five games finished by that time. Actually, that's probably too high. Like let's say thirty-three games finished, three games finished between now and when he gets traded. All right. You're that team. Do you even think about that that investing option, or do you just kind no of way let it hell. ride? You just, you just kind of let it ride. Brandon, I think it would be able whatever he. I'm not sure what he's making right now on this. Sixteen million, and it would be sixteen million if it best. Um. Yeah, with the way he's playing, that is an absolute steal. I think you you yeah. you could argue he gets. You could certainly argue he gets more from whatever team he goes to in free agency if he does not hit that vesting option. I think you're rooting for him to get to that vesting option because anytime you can lock up Craig Kimbrell for another year, I think that's a great thing. You, you should go all in on this if you are whatever team trades for him. But yeah, there is no good reason because I think Chicago's window closed in June. Their championship window officially closed in June. There is no coming back from the collapse. And they might as well accept the fact that this is going to be a full rebuild. And if you have a prime closer, he's not going to be ready. He's not going to be around and he's not going to be the he's not going to be the guy he is right now when it comes time for you to compete again. You're talking another three years. 36-year-old Craig Kimbrell isn't going to be 33-year-old Craig Kimbrell. I mean, you're, you're better off getting the prospects for him, especially when there's so many teams that can use them. This actually segues very well into my next point here, which is the NL East. According to Jeff Passan, the Nationals, Phillies, and Braves, in, in addition to the Mets, are all going into this trade deadline season acting as buyers. They all see the fact that the Mets have not close the door on this on this division despite the fact that none of the other teams have played well and they can all smell that blood they all want that top spot even though they know that a wild card is really not in their future with the way that the NL West is shaping up right now they all think that they can capitalize on what's going on right now in their own division for that top spot so the Phillies going after Craig Kimbrell would be would be one of the most obvious slap in the face spots for him to go, if not the most obvious. The only other place I could really see is like duh clear fit would be Oakland. Oakland's not paying that money. If if they if they let you know a bunch of free agents walk because they're so cheap to begin with, you're telling me. They would, Oakland would uh, be the team that would intentionally make sure that that doesn't vest. Seriously, that yeah. that 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 franchise is a joke, the way that they operate. But all right, what about this one? Is a little more of a stretch to me when I first thought of it, but I like it a lot. San Diego. Hey, I mean, Mark Mark Melanson. He pitched good when great, he was there. Great pitcher. Hmm? I said. Craig Kimbrell pitched good when he was already on the Padres. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, the way I look at it, Mark Melanson is a very good reliever. 
he is not a shutdown closer. He just isn't. I don't care how many saves he has. You watch him. You're not scared of Mark Melanson. You really aren't. You're scared of Craig Kimbrell. And, and also, especially if we're going to continue to have this runner on second base rule throughout the rest of the season, that could be the difference of the Padres winning key games and possibly moving up into the first wild card spot. Maybe even if San Francisco really falls off here, the top of the division would be having a guy who isn't going to give up a bunch of contact with a runner on second base. Mark Melanson is a very contact-heavy guy. He is not the prototypical closer. I think it would be great to partner those two, having Melanson in the eighth and Kimbrell in the ninth. That would be something, uh, certainly. But as for I want to talk, talk about these NL East teams that are buying, you know, LJ, I do think you're right when you say that the Mets uh, certainly haven't closed the door on this NL East. I don't think any teams have really closed the door except for maybe the White Sox uh, on their division. But do you blame the Mets? I mean, they have been ravaged with injuries this year. I mean, they should, they're clearly the, still the favorite here. I don't care. They're only up three games. This team is just far and away better than any of the other teams here. I mean, I struggle to find good starting pitching past like a number two on any of these other teams than the Mets. I mean, unless you can point to me where somehow the Phillies, Braves, and Nationals are all going to trade for starting pitching and improve. Uh, I mean, I don't see even like one of those teams, like what starting pitching can you trade for? Like is Kyle Gibson to the Phillies or the Braves like is that really going to push them over the edge I mean maybe but the Braves have they just lost their most valuable player I mean it's pretty much safe to say I'm I'm, I'm counting them out right now without Acuna it's just it's not happening the Phillies who were always interesting have once again a good offense and they can pitch this year but still the bullpen is terrible they went out and kind of cheaply tried to fix that this offseason. And it's, you know, it's not worked the best. It's just, I feel like it's the Mets. It's, it's just the Mets. And then there's a big gap back to the rest of the teams. You see, I think it could be that. I don't think it is that. I think there are just, the Mets are the best team in that division. They're the best team in that division because they don't have any real holes. Like there are certainly areas to improve, but there's no gaping hole in that Mets team. They've just been hurt and unlucky with their scheduling. And that's why it's such a tight race. The rest of these teams have, I mean, Washington, frankly, again, if it were the Red Sox, I wouldn't be urging the Red Sox to try to buy into this division just because the odds of them making the playoffs, any of them are so low. If you have four teams trying to get into one spot and you're one of the, one of the teams chasing, it's such, such bad odds. I wouldn't be talking any of them into it. I'm just telling you all and act and discussing what has been said. With that being said, Washington has no business buying right now. None. They made one good run when Kyle Schwerber was very hot. 
granted, I think they've put Kyle Schwarber in such a position to succeed that I think he's going to stay being a very, very good hitter. However, him alone, Soto alone, Scherzer alone is not going to cut it. They don't, they do not have enough pieces simply to be able to compete with the rest of this division without anyone else adding. And they're going to try, they're, they're claiming they're going to try to at least be competitive in the buying market. Meanwhile, you've got Atlanta. I think you're underrating Atlanta's um, rotation right now. I mean, overall, it is easily the best of the group. I mean, well, Ian Anderson just went on the IL. So, I mean, they that's another starter that they lost. Healthy. Oh, rotation healthy. Yeah. Is, went healthy. Yes, I agree. I mean, you're, you're bringing Yanoa back soon. You're bringing back Anderson by August, hopefully. And then you've got Charlie Morton and you've got Drew Smiley, who have both, both pitched solid this year. Max Freed, not what he was last year, but not atrocious either. I mean, as long as you're above below a five, I mean, you can at least get innings. You've got guys that are getting innings here. Philly, Philly, the, the pitching still a hot mess. I mean, granted, granted, they've got a couple good starters. However, I think Craig Kimbrell at least gives them something to rely on. However, this is a full bona fide lineup. Could use out an outfielder, but this is a real lineup. The Braves aren't the same. You're right without Acuna. Overall, I give offense to Philly. I give pitching barely to Atlanta, but they clearly have both have significant problems. So the Mets are the cleanest one of the group. That's why they're going to succeed. And they're certainly going to succeed with this recent report that I saw earlier, which is they are very big on going after Chris Bryant right now. And it makes sense because they have been one of the worst offensive teams in the league this year. Their starting pitching has carried them here. And I mean, he would slide right in right now. They're playing Jonathan VR at third base. Uh, Chris Bryant being extremely versatile helps too because Mets could always use another outfielder in there. That way you don't have to be playing a guy like Jose Peraza, Kevin Pilar, whoever, get them off their feet for a day. Uh, but this is going to be one of the more fun trade trade deadlines, I think, because we – you know, LJ and I have been very closely following the league, of course, every day. There's not one team in the league that I'm comfortable saying, like, yeah, like, like they're starting to pull, pull away. Like, they're clearly the best team in the American or National League. Like, no. Like, right now, no. can I say that the Giants are the best team in the National League? No. No, can I can I say the Dodgers? Like no, no. but could I? I mean, there's like a there's just a group of teams there where it's just very tough to try to figure out who's who. And there's so much baseball left, so much more to be played that hopefully we start to see a bit of a, you know, these teams starting to pull away. I mean, if they don't, we're going to be in for one hell of an August and September because some of these pennant races are going to be absolutely crazy for the, for these, for the playoffs. And that should just be a lot of fun, but yeah. Uh, 
L, I think LJ and I are on the same page. Washington should definitely not be buying. Uh, I think, honestly, this is the last year of that Max Scherzer contract. We heard it talked about earlier in the year. Why not try to deal him? I mean, if you already have Strasburg on that contract through 2026, Scherzer's a free agent after this year. He's going to want a lot of money. Why don't you cut down on this payroll a little bit? I mean, they're over $200 million. Cut down on the payroll. That way, so you're not third in the league. Trade Max Scherzer. Someone is going to want him, and they're going to give you a crap ton for him at the deadline. I just think that that would be smart instead of trying to buy into where they probably have the worst or second worst uh, situation for the teams in that NLEs that are trying to, to buy. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're able to get a crap ton, I mean, that's like twice as much as a crap load. So, yeah, certainly going for that. Well, let's talk about uh, this COVID situation with the Yankees. Uh, so, uh, I believe it was, let me pull up the Yankees PR Twitter so I can correctly do this. All right. So prior to the game that was supposed to be played on Thursday night, the Yankees placed Nestor Cortez and Juan Peralta on the COVID-19 IL. Uh, And so they both went on there, of course. Then it comes out a couple of hours later that actually six Yankees had tested or well three had tested positive the other three they were pretty sure that their tests were going to come back positive and they did those names being Kyle Higashioka Aaron Judge Gio Urshela and also Jonathan Loizaga getting placed on the COVID IL the Yank- they canceled the Yankees-Red Sox game yesterday, which was the first game. LJ, I believe, was that our first game that got canceled due to COVID since we had two sets of twins? Yes. Correct? Two sets of twins. Since the two, two sets of twins, that is the first game, yes. I forgot, I forgot there was even a game canceled or that. The last time I could have remembered was the whole Washington thing at the beginning of the year. That seems like so long ago from right now. Wow, that was, yeah, that was. And again, you, you kind of knew, I mean, vaccine, the vaccines are not like the end-all be-all. We all know that. Yeah. And frankly, we should have expected it. We should have expected the, thing, the things that are going on in Colorado now as well. Um, it was bound to happen. I mean, unfortunately, it's all flaring up right now. Kind of easily explainable seeing I'm sure a lot of guys went home for the all-star break to wherever they are more located than their home base for this regular season. So I'm sure so many guys traveling outside of their team probably affected that a lot. However, I mean, this is, again, nothing to panic about. This league is going to be able to chug on as they always have. I don't even think they're really going to have to increase the protocols anymore i think this is just a couple isolated spots here i mean you know this too the yankees have been correct were the first team to the vaccination threshold 
Yeah, yeah, over 85%. I believe the Yankees were the first team over. Yeah. And, and like, that's exactly the point that, that you're making is that, you know, this stuff can still happen even, even with the vaccines. You know, why they're still testing this much, you know, I don't understand. And, you know, I'm certainly no doctor and someone else could certainly explain that to me. But, um, yeah, you know, all these guys aren't showing any any sort of symptoms or anything. So that's certainly a positive. That means that the vaccines are doing their job. Uh, and, yeah, you know, there, there, there was a lot of controversy as to whether or not Aaron Judge is actually vaccinated. We, we still don't know the answer. All Brian Cashman said was that a majority of the six players that got COVID were vaccinated. Why is there any controversy? Who, who oh, the hell no. business is it that it's Aaron, if Aaron Judge is vaccinated? LJ, Yankees Twitter was calling for Aaron Judge to get traded because he was going to miss this series this weekend because of COVID. Uh, I mean, people are like calling this dude an anti-vaxxer on Twitter. Like, this guy is taking all this hate from fans. And he could possibly have the vaccine. We don't know. It's not, he shouldn't have to come out. You know, why people care so much about, about like whether or not these athletes have these vaccines or not. I mean, do they think, and well, no, and it's not even that just how, why people care so much about like athletes' personal lives. I mean, it's, it's scary sometimes. All right. I'm taking the glasses off for emphasis again. Let me make this very clear. We at MLB Daily do not care if you have the vaccine, a vaccine. Both vaccines. Your flu shot. Hell, if you get chicken pox, I don't care. That choice is up to you. It's not up to us, and I'm sick and tired of other people throwing a freaking hissy fit over someone's choice of what they want to do medically and what they want to do with their their own personal health choices. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's just um, a part of, today's game where and just sort of the whole sports landscape now where you have this 24 7 media coverage everything that you do you know within a couple couple hours is out there i mean a great example is look at uh richard sherman the other night i mean dude completely loses his mind tries to knock down his father-in-law's door which you know fail horribly but I mean, people found out that he got arrested within like hours, like less than hours. And that stuff is uh, spreads around like crazy. I mean, now in this Twitter, you know, sports cycle, you know, athletes, it, it's so much harder to keep a personal life, which yes, that yes, you are held to a higher standard because you are an athlete. But we have to remember at the end of the day, I mean, these guys are, they still have normal lives. Playing on a sports team is tough. You're you're working harder than, uh, no, I shouldn't say you're working harder than a lot of people. That's not very. Uh, that's not a very subjective thing. But you know, you're traveling a lot, and it's it's tough tough mentally too. I mean, we've seen a lot about the MLB and 
sort of the uh, just sports in general, the uh, mental health uh, stuff in general. But yeah, uh, Yankees, those guys should be back. Uh, they said that you don't have to stay on the IL for all 10 days. It's just two consecutive negative tests and also no symptoms of COVID. Uh, so Brian Cashman said he expects all those guys to be on there for the full 10 days, which, I mean, that would, that would suck because then they'd miss both Red Sox series. And Can we talk about how ridiculous it is that the Yankees just happened to get that whole that game from yesterday pushed into the middle of August, though? So, yeah, why, why wasn't there a doubleheader this weekend? Because the Yankees don't want the smoke, Brandon. Explain. The Red Sox are going to give them the one-two, and they're too, they're too afraid. No, I literally have no clue. The Yankees literally just wind, probably wind enough to get it moved to when their roster is fully healthy, which makes absolutely no sense. Well, I think – Keep right, in mind, the, the Astros – lost like half their team and still had to play all of their games as scheduled, which is what half of Twitter keeps reminding everybody of anytime anybody mentions the Yankees COVID thing, which they are right. Why on earth? I mean, this is just more Yankee privilege, but we're not going to get into that. At least Guardy did not go Yardy tonight. You can rest on oh, that. But I mean, you say a Yankee privilege. I mean, to be fair, LJ, neither team wanted to play Thursday night. They Oh, no. You they, they did they, they did a great service. Happy that that game got canceled. I'm I, I'm sure that the Red Sox players were ecstatic, ecstatic. There was no reason for them to be playing that day at all. However, I mean, yeah, I do have to ask though, Brandon, how are you enjoying your Amberger? Trey Ambergie, yeah, called up tonight. Uh, hey. I like, I had to take a trip down to Hoy Park also. Uh, check that out. But yeah, no, Hoy Park and Trey Ambergie called up for the Yankees. The Yankees also, I believe, signed catcher Rob Brantley uh, to a major league contract because Higashioka went to the IL, of course, with COVID. And they also signed Greg Allen. Uh, they picked him up this offseason. I thought he was going to be our starting center fielder. Uh, turns out, well, no, I shouldn't say starting. I thought he was going to be on the bench. As, turns uh, out you have some decrepit left fielder in center field, barely being able to not get the balls. You mean our starting outfield tonight of Tim Lo Castro, Brett Gardner, and Trey Ambergie? Doesn't does Tim Lo play center? Who's that? Does Tim Castro play center? He's one of the oh, fastest LJ, guys in the LJ, league. You mean, why would we trade for a center fielder when, when, oh, so here's the, here's the Yankees thought process. We currently do not have a center fielder on the roster other than Brett Gardner, who is one of the worst hitters in the league. Okay, let's trade for a center fielder. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We're going to trade for a center fielder and then continue playing our center fielder and that guy at the same time now. So now Tim Castro is just playing left field for us. Gardner's in center. Why isn't our faster guy in center, first of all, especially Tim Castro, who's literally, like this not even hyperbole, like literally the fastest player in the league. I just – I don't you know, get LJ, it. But what I what I will say, the Texas Rangers traded us Rugnet Odor, and they're paying his entire contract for this year, right? And he's hitting third for us. I mean, what other team has their three-hole hitter being completely paid for by another team? I mean, find me because I know that Xander <laughs> Bogarts, Xander Bogarts. The Red Sox are paying his whole contract. What Andrew other teams zero percent of their three-hole hitter? Um, what what team's three-hole hitter is Rufnet Odor? What other team is suffering that fate? What other? The fact that he's still hitting third. Whatever. It, what what other th- third hitter has a ninety-six OPS plus? I mean. He's been one of the most average players in the league this year. Yet every time he steps up to the plate, I'm just assuming it's going to be a, a either a ground ball or just an absolute moonshot with a nice bat flip too. Because that's just that's just the Odor thing. It's just just the moonshots. Well, and- I'll give I'll give you I'll give you one better on this Odor batting third thing. How come we have Rufin Odor batting two nineteen? Seven something OPS, a below average OPS plus, and he is still batting ahead of your top, your former top prospect, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres has the sixth worst OPS in the league. Like he is genuinely one of the worst players in the league. Like uh, that's it's insane. That that's insane, LJ. Not just Yankees' top prospect; he was one of the top ten prospects in the entire league. He might have been a top five prospect in the entire league. I mean, the Yankees trade a Roldis Chapman to get this guy. Uh, you know, the Cubs trade this guy away, and they end up winning a championship because of it that year. I just. 2019, you, you tell me Glaber Torres is going to be 
the best shortstop in the league, or or no, I'm sorry, best second baseman in the league for the next 10, 12 years, I would have believed you. Not, it's not even the fielding anymore. It's not even the fielding because, look, is, you know, a lot of people still hate on him for the fielding. I think he can make the routine plays fine now. Sure, he's going to have a bobble here and there, but in terms of, like, uh, defensive war, he's sitting at, like, a like a flat zero right now. Like, he doesn't give us any value. He doesn't take any away. Certainly takes away value when he's hitting, though. I mean, this is just an 80 or 76 OPS plus. A 626 OPS. I mean, LJ, he's slugging 304. In 2019, he slugged 535, and it goes on from there. In 2019, he hit 38 home runs in 144 games, and yes, the ball was juiced, but still, 38 home runs is a lot of home runs. He has three this year. Three. He's on pace for six. Let me tell you something. He's on pace for just Nobody peaks at 22 years old this is not him being past his athletic prime this is clearly i'm not sure maybe it's the whole launch angle thing whatever the yankees are all into but this has to either be some some change to his philosophy that he has brought on or the team has brought on that has completely messed this up right see like here's my thing you say like Oh, is it launch angle or whatever the Yankees are into? Exactly. What are we into? Like, what, is the, what, what is the philosophy? Because we're currently trying to trade for Joey Gallo, which is probably going to happen. I would say about a 70% chance the Yankees end up getting Joey Gallo. I mean, all right, good. It's, it's a lefty bat. He's an all-star. He's going to hit a crap ton of home runs not a crap load a crap ton you had to had to crap make ton. Sure. oh geez for a crap well no well, no no there's not enough time for a crap ton i don't know man maybe a left- crap load possibly half a crap load i'd give him look even even if it's half a crap load of home runs trading for joey gallo like yeah he has a 151 ops plus yes he leads the league in walks and yes, he was an all-star and provides you great defense, but he still strikes out. I mean, a lot. He still has been inconsistent. He still had bad years. It's just like you're adding another bat to the lineup that is just, once again, all or nothing. And you can look at the Yankees team stats and you'll be like, well, Brandon, like, you know, the Yankees actually rank, like, kind of towards the top of the league in a couple of these offensive categories. I mean, they're ninth and on base percentage. They're 10th in home runs. They're 13th in OPS. And while those are true, we don't sequence our hits together at all. It's terrible. I mean, we can't string together base runners to save our life. We'll get base runners at the end of games. Absolutely. That that game that we lost to the Astros when Altuve hit the walk-off last week, Yankees walked 14 times. 
Okay. We walked 14 times and only scored five runs. Uh, how is that possible? It's 14 walks plus 10 hits. Like that is the sequencing of our hits and walks and our base runners is atrocious. And once again, tonight, I mean, LJ, you certainly saw us hit into a double play. I thought yes, that that did. was, I thought that. I was very amused. I thought that we left that at the all-star break. Clearly not. I thought Araldis Chapman could throw a pick off. Uh, clearly not. Hey, he got his fastball back, though. Yeah, you know, I, I don't Lying think. straight put... over the first baseman's head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think he pitched terrible tonight, though. I mean, there was. Oh, come off it. What do you mean? He, all right, he, didn't, he didn't pitch terrible. However, you cannot hit the ball spin hard his... off of him. Who hit the ball hard? Brandon, there were two warning track shots. Okay. There was warning track shots, but you have to remember he's throwing, like, if you watch him pitch, he allows a lot of deep fly balls. When he's not getting strikeouts, it usually Raffy Raffy was a couple degrees away from taking him deep. Yeah. I mean, look. He's always got the best at Chapman, though. I like, mean, oh, let's be real, though. Is that possibly the greatest individual rivalry in the sport? Who? Chapman. Chapman versus Devers. No, there's there's certainly something better. What than else? That. It, it's good. It, it's great. Also, the attendance for the Yankee game tonight said forty thousand. There was not not a chance there was forty thousand people in that stadium. Uh, not a chance that i don't you know watching on tv i i can obviously i don't have the best eye for telling but i you know i've been to Yankee Stadium quite a few times i know when it's full i've been there for a playoff game it, there was no way that they were only ten thousand shy of max capacity tonight. there was so many empty seats up and down uh everywhere it was just yeah just another rough night all right my last comment on the Yankees for the night, for starters, I don't think the Joey Vigallo thing is going to happen. Wow. Yeah, it 100% would happen if this team was trending in the right direction going toward going to the de- or up to the deadline. However, this next 10 games, these 10 days that, or at least these 10 days that these guys are all going to be on the COVID IL is the nail in the coffin, I think, to the Yankees season. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. I didn't want it to end this early. However, they were in a very tough position going in right now. You were coming out of the all-star break, fourth in the division, three games above 500, and then you're facing, I believe it's 10 or 12 games, four series against four contenders or three contenders. Do you play Tampa? So not only have the Yankees had the toughest schedule in the league up until this point, they have the toughest schedule until July 31st also, which includes 10 games against or eight more games against the Red Sox now, or excuse me, seven more games against the Red Sox. Yeah, seven more games against the Red Sox. You play the Phillies in there. I swear you played Tampa at some point, but there is a, there was a already a legitimate chance that you guys 
had a below 500 record during those games. And then you add in this group. You guys are gonna, now going to have to be eating hamburgers as you try to push for staying alive towards a playoff competition. If this team isn't in a very, very good spot, like they'd have to be winning above beyond all odds going towards the deadline for any sane general manager to invest in Joey Gallo. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he has another year of uh, control. So oh, I know, uh, but do you think do you think this team is going to be better in a year? Because that's the other thing I don't want to hear from anyone anymore. I feel like we have already learned this lesson, and that is let's stop making the injury excuses for the Yankees and let's actually hold the front office accountable to the point where they actually realize they have to break this down and figure out what's not working because I heard them making it again on the broadcast today and it's not the first time I've heard it this year where they're like oh the Yankees have just been so hurt so injury bitten by the injury bug this year so this COVID thing is really just it's going to ruin it's going to ruin their chances first off there's no reason for the Yankees to be in this situation right now record-wise and they have been in this injury bug for years you can avoid it at this point but they haven't. And yeah, I just, I, I think there is a very, very good chance that this team is not in contention enough for anybody to be able to justify Joey Gallo by the trade deadline. It's just, they are not in a good situation, but if we can try to spin a positive out of this, Brandon, did you hear uh, Trey Ambergi's uh, story of him getting called up? Yes, I did. That was basically very they told him he was coming up. And he was so excited. He went home to his to tell his wife. His wife was already asleep. He woke her up, told her, and they just both started freaking out. It was the sweetest thing. So if we can get any positive out of having these COVID positives, it's being able to get some of these guys the recognition they deserve after so many years of hard work and lots of experience in the minor league level to be able to get up here and at least show people what they can do. I think the question you can be asked with Trey Ambergi, why weren't the Yankees eating an hamburger earlier? I mean, his numbers have been really good in Scranton this year, right? Like yeah, you, were, you, know, you would have uh, thought with all the injuries you know, they've Yankees, had, they would have well, given him a shot. Well, LJ, we couldn't use Clint Frazier's option because it's going to be very valuable to us next year. So Instead of again, not an acceptable reason. That shouldn't be an acceptable reason to anyone for why they no, are no, trying to fix this front, team. That's oh, I know. What the front office tells themselves. Uh, yeah, LJ. So one one quick thing on the Joey Gallo thing. Like the guy's a superstar player. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at his WAR right now. He has four WAR this year already. I mean. I will not complain if we do trade for him. Like, look, that's it's a superstar hitter right there who provides a lot of value. And like you say, like, yes, like, is is the front office going to make this team better next year? I mean, no, like, maybe not, but they're going to change something. Like, there's not, not a chance. Someone has – someone is smart enough to realize that you just can't run back the same team again. If they've already tried it three years in a row and it hasn't worked. So, <laughs> I mean, this was the first regular season where it hasn't worked. 
and last year. But if you want to count full regular, but if it doesn't work in the postseason, then how is the New York Yankees fan base's divine province for a championship ever going to be fulfilled? Yeah, but once you get to the postseason, you there it's it's completely different. I feel like judging teams based on whether they win or lose in the postseason, and especially in the MLB. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I feel like making it there is the much more important thing because of how long the season is and because of how fluky the playoffs play. Uh, it's no, but that- fluky. I mean, it's just stupid that, that they do a, uh, a, 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 a best of five series to, to start it. I mean, that's just stupid because we see the worst team beat the best team in two out of three games at least twice during the year. Any team can beat anyone on really any given night. And I guess, yes, that's why that makes the playoffs so exciting. But it's just, it's just so fluky. It just, it's, yeah, but, it's, yeah, but there, there's a balance that can be struck here. There's a balance that teams, particularly um, the Dodgers, I think Houston over the years has done a good job of it. I'm seeing flashes already with Chicago of that. And that is where you can be built – to succeed well in the regular season. However, you're also able to have those focused bursts. Like, with the exception of the Houston series, Houston's dominated every top competition they've had this year. But with the exception of that Houston series, they 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 have gone out and won the series that they need to win. They go out and they dominate Tampa when they were at the top of the division. They go out and win these games that they need to to assert themselves as a top team, and that's the type of stuff that wins you postseason games. No, no, I totally agree with that. You know, having that sort of attitude of walk in, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, just do your thing, approach every game with the same mindset. The Yankees don't do that. They're a very forward-thinking team. At least they like to think they are in planning for the future. Uh, the problem is they start planning for the future, and then when the future comes, they're still planning for the future. There's no, like... Oh, th- this team has all been the long con for Jason Dominguez. I'm convinced well, of it. No, Since I 2017, even, the baby bombers were it. just the trial run. I don't even mean it like that. I mean, like, where we'll say that we're not going to use guys out of the bullpen because we're focusing on games next week. And then next week comes and we're still not using the guys out of the bullpen. And it's just like, well, 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 wait a minute. We, we just punted three games against the Tigers. because We didn't want to use any pitching. Now when we can actually use it, it gets either misused or not used. So it's just like, what's the point of going and punting a three game series against the Tigers when I don't know. And that you don't win against the Red Sox I... next. Um, yeah, no, on, on the flip side, then you have the Red Sox who bring up one of their top pitching prospects today 
to be their swingman for most likely the rest of the season. And they decide to use him in the first day for a three-inning save. I'm, I'm still scratching my head on it a little bit. You know, I can't complain. So Frankly, he's going back down tomorrow, right? No, they've said he want, they want him up the rest of the year. But wouldn't it make sense to, I mean, if he still has an option, clearly, wouldn't it make sense to call up someone else for a couple days, considering that Tanner Houck threw like 50 pitches? I mean, he can't pitch until, he's not going to pitch this weekend. He's not going to pitch until like Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, well, I don't know. We will. I'm so used to the Yankees like doing that, where you just have to burn those pitchers and then you have to immediately send them back down. The good old Brooks Brisky Nestor Cortez role. No, the only person we've done that with is Colton Brewer, and he never deserved to be on the roster in the first place. So, got it. Um, no, because I mean, realistically, they they said, yeah, we've got such a long stretch here. We want to bring him in as the sixth reliever, and then they're like, all right, but we're not, or the sixth starter but we're not going to put him into the, we're not going to project him into a start. We're not going to schedule him for a start for a while now. I mean, he's not, yeah, he's actually now he's been, has he been announced? He may have been announced for Wednesday. However, he hasn't been moved down or anything. And so they're basically just, the thought was, okay, they're just going to use him out of the bullpen sparingly throughout the week. But apparently they just decided, okay, now we're just going to give him a, a half start here and then treat him as the sixth man for the rest of the time being. It's just, you know, it's, it's completely different outlooks. And I think right now the Yankees look, this Yankees roster has been constructed by the wizard of Oz. Like it feels to me, again, this whole analytics department has control, complete control of this team, but they're kind of like a faceless organism that no one knows how to question. Am I accurate in saying that? No one knows who they are. I mean, the it, I, I would like to know because, like, clearly Brian Cashman is a smart guy, right? Well, like, I like I, I would like to think so. I mean, he's running one of the most successful sports organizations in the history of sports. What, what I don't understand, though, is, like, how people can just, like, you know, we say the analytics team. All right, who is that? Is, is Brian Cashman a part of that team? is you know certain some of the other people in the front office whose names i won't mention because most people have no idea who they are you know are those people a part of it like who exactly is calling the shots here because every mlb front office is completely different in the way it's set up who's who's running it but at least you have a general idea it's just like the yankees go they try to go about everything so perfect like by professionally, I mean, like in the corporate way, like they, they try to act like they're like an S&P 500 company here in the way that they operate, which I mean, is fine. Like it, certainly one of the higher grossing revenue teams in the league. I'm not complaining that we're able to go out and spend money in free agency. That's look, I love that. I mean, that's, that's why I'm a fan of the team. That's why I, go to the games and spend money so that the team can spend money on the on players what i don't like though is just like the when the organization can't identify its own problems i think that's one of the biggest things in sports is teams being able to identify when they're bad and when teams don't have what it takes 
you have to realize that. And in a sport like the MLB, where you can't afford to just, I, I made this point on the last episode, sport like the MLB, you cannot afford to just sit mid-pack for years because, unfortunately, you can end up in a situation like the Kansas City Royals are in like right now, where they have never been, like, unless, except for that one year where they draft Bobby Witt, they were never so bad to the point where, like, they were a laughing stock the last couple of years, but they also like haven't been good. It's just like they're just stuck and they don't have a good farm system, really. There's a bunch of guys that could make a leap there. And I think you could say the same with the Yankees. It's just like, what is the future? You guys are planning for it so much. Let's like maybe do a bit of a retooling. I mean, it can never hurt to do a slight retool reload rebuild re whatever you want to call it it just you need to overhaul this roster i mean the, the, yeah, but how no no see like but how you can't like for as much as people say that people have to realize look hicks isn't going anywhere he's under contract for five years obviously stanton and cole are not going anywhere uh dj's not going anywhere so those five or, or no matter what is staying. All right, so who does that leave you left to trade? Judge Torres, Gio Rochella, who if got if he got traded, I'm pretty sure the Yankees fans would burn down the stadium. So uh, I would more than I would say not him. I mean, who's our who's our best asset to trade? Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman. No one's gonna want. Him, I mean, he's already a clubhouse. You know, he's not the best for chemistry uh, purposes. Do like Judge is our best asset, obviously. I mean, what are you going to get for 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 a Glaber Torres? You're not going to get Luis Castillo anymore. I mean, he's actually been uh, a good pitcher lately. It's just like for people who want to overhaul the roster. It's like, all right, but how? Like. What are you going to do? Because you're not moving Stanton and you're not moving Hicks. Those contracts are just too big or and or too long, and it, it just makes no sense. So you have what I, what I, go ahead. I think what I mean by overhaul isn't necessarily make the splashy moves. That's more more what I'm calling a rebuild. What I'm more intending here is, I think for starters, let's. It, it, it pains it pains you as a Yankee pain me as a Yankees fan I'm sure just say let's forget about Gardner let's move in Duhar let's try to reset as much as we can of the bullpen and those peripheral pieces maybe shortstop maybe certainly the two corner outfield or the or I'm sorry center field and left field if or backup backup outfield and left field, those types of places. And then, but when we do that, take an entirely different approach at it. Like the organizational approach to team building and to team strategy needs to change before they can actually fix the roster. And you have to pick those players with a completely different mindset in mind. If, if anything's going to be fixed. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, if, if they're going to try to overhaul this this roster, I'll say this and then we'll get out of here. If they're going to try to overhaul this roster, something's got to change. Like, 
heading into the 2022 season, they can't run back the same lineup or they can't run back the same like front office structure. Something need they they need to show the fans that they're willing to change. Whether that means going out and going over the luxury tax finally, sure. Would have would would uh, going over the the luxury tax this year have been worth it? I mean, had we had signed Michael Brantley, I mean that would he would be looking pretty good in left field right now instead of Tim LaCastro. Are we five wins better? Absolutely not. No. Michael Brantley is not a him or Klaus. That's the other Morford thing with Gallo, too. Do you want to go over the cap this year, the tax this year? I don't think we'll be over the, the tax with Joey Gallo. Gallo? Really? He's still – he's uh only on – He's not a year. Second year. That's right. Our, he was drafted in 15. He's on – yeah. That's that's like the whole thing is that you could trade for him, be under the tax, and you still have another year of control. Yeah, his arbitration was only six point two a million dollars. You prorate that, so you, I mean, he's already it's already been ninety games through the season, so that's a little over fifty percent of the season that's been completed. So you take about half of that. The Yankees have room. Uh, I want to say they maybe have like two or three million dollars left right before that tax line. Whether they, I don't even know who they could get rid of. I, it's already all on the books, anyways. I don't know. They could figure something well, out. You can, you can have the Rangers sell Chapman to the Red Sox. That worked out well the last time. Well, why don't we just have the uh, the Texas Rangers pay the entire salary of both our three and four hitters? I mean, wh- who says no? It's also kind of sad that the Yankees are big trade pieces for the season so far have been the two guys that we're going to trade for. One was a scrub, or not a scrub, but just a guy on the Rangers who's just like, probably best known for punching someone in the face and not actually like being good at baseball. And the other guy on the Rangers is like good, but also known for striking out, hitting a home run or walking pretty much every time. And the Rangers were one of the worst teams in the league heading into the year. And the Yankees like, you know what? We should trade for two of their starting guys. Not Isn't one. You know, the Shields also in the conversation as well. He was very much in the conversation. We thought that on June first, when he became, when his minor league contract expired, we thought that he was going to be uh, a potential center field option for the Yankees. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad we didn't go down that route. We can talk to our guy Tom. Matheny about how that experiment was with the Indians in 2020 <laughs> but uh yeah I think we could save that for another day as yeah we- I think we're gonna have to wrap this up here tomorrow we will be back to discuss the Josh uh Josh Nagowski Nugowski uh Marcus Stroman thing at the top of the podcast and then get back into more daily baseball content Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the Twitter. Going to be very active on there, trying to get a lot of social media engagement here in the second half at MLB Daily Pod, the Instagram, 
the exact same thing along with the TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Have a good one. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.